Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, I'm joined by my buddy, Mike Gallagher, to discuss the return of the NBA to all of our lives. Uh, The NBA is hoping to get their games going at the end of July and the beginning of August. There's going to be an eight-game you know, kind of play in series where teams play quote unquote regular season games and then we get to the playoffs and Mike and I discuss, you know, kind of how we feel about that. You know, are is the NBA being safe? Is this a good idea? How happy we are, of course, to have sports back in our lives. And then also some of the particulars of what is going to happen when the games actually start getting played, make some gambling picks and kind of talk about sports betting strategy for how to take advantage of the noise that's going to be inherent in these small sample size games. I hope that you guys enjoy it. Uh, Of course, if you like the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes. That'll be super helpful. And if you really like the show, you can support it by subscribing on patreon.com slash takecast to bonus episodes of the show. All right, everyone, bringing in Mike Gallagher from rotoworld.com, my buddy, Mike. Uh, it's been a while since we've been on the show because we haven't had basketball to talk about, but <laughs> the, the, the tides are turning, the seas are changing. We, uh, we are going to, in less than a month, we are going to have basketball back on our, on our TVs. I can't wait, man. I was so happy on, the, on Friday with the schedule release. Uh, I will shamefully admit I was tearing up because I was so happy, <laughs> and uh, my girlfriend walks in my office and she's like, are you crying? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I am because basketball <laughs> yeah, is am. the best. Yeah, just like oh, just opening up the NBA.com schedule and just seeing those games on there. Uh, I have uh, one of my friends and I, I, I don't know, you probably do the same. Like just out of habit, you will just go on to the NBA schedule or the NFL schedule just like as a daily thing. So even in the offseason – I would just always by accident, or if I'm look, if I mean to like, if I meant to look at NFL games, I'll like accidentally click the NBA schedule, and um, it was just nice to click that and then actually see games on there. So I was all, I was uh, in, in my feelings for sure. I, I can't wait, man. Got another month to go, but uh, yeah, it's so exciting. Yeah, it's the best, man. So we we have uh, you know, and and I think the NBA is. Is, is being as honest as they can about something that is happening, you know, for, for like, you know, if we're going to be real about it, the NBA is coming back because of money, not because it's the absolute safest thing to do in the world, which, you know, I guess I, I respect that Adam Silver is basically more or less willing to say that, that there are not a lot of great options. This is the option we're choosing. And uh, we, we hope that it works out well. And it, it seems like for the most part, 
there are a couple players who are not playing. Um, Wilson Chandler is not playing. And I know that you have a list of a couple other guys who are opting out, but it seems like for the most part, everyone involved is pretty on board. Yeah, Avery Bradley, Trevor Ariza, and Davis Bertanza are the other big names that popped up yeah, over Bertanza, the last week. Right. Uh, yeah, so that's there's a lot of fantasy implications there because he plays um, two positions and he plays in so many different lineup combos. We can get to that. But, um, yeah, so Silver had a conference call before the schedule release came out, and he had a few things that really stuck out to me. The number one, the, he- the headline, is that this thing's going to go on almost regardless. The quote he had that would lead to stopping it would be, quote, um, it would ultimately lead to us stopping if there was a significant spread. So what does significant spread mean? 50 people, 100 people, you know? I think it's going to be in that, in that range than, you know, 20. I think closer to 50 than 25. Do you think that's – what would you define that as significant or bigger? Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, so we're talking like, you know, give or take. Depends how many people they sign, you know, 300 players-ish. So 50 people, 16%, you know. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I got from that one. Um, mask are mandatory, except when the people aren't playing. And uh, Silver, this is the, I've been talking about this on my podcast for a while. The whole Disney employees factor, they need to tighten that up, man. Um, yeah. You know, and, and Silver had mentioned they're going to try to increase testing on them. And I've been saying, you know, pay them like hazard pay. Bring guys, bring in a new crew every three weeks. Test them, obviously, before they go in. Uh, I just think that, that that could potentially be an issue where, you know, these guys are interacting with them in the bubble and they're going in and out of the bubble. It's like not a bubble. So um, those things have to get fixed. And the other one is if a superstar does test positive, so like LeBron, Kawhi, whoever else, they're going to get treated basically the same way. So that, I mean, that's another thing too. Like, I mean, that's, that, the, that is the yeah. big question is yeah. we're getting ready for the bubble NBA finals and you know, whoever it is that is responsible for cooking LeBron's dinner is COVID <laughs> positive yeah. and gets LeBron COVID and we're going to game five of the finals and LeBron test positive for COVID. Yeah. What, what's the protocol? Yeah. What's the protocol? Yeah. So, so yeah, like the, what happens? Yeah, yeah. So they'll be out for pretty much two weeks being quarantined. They're going to go to a separate hotel pretty much. Basically just take him away from the whole situation. Um, and then there's a lot of jokes on Twitter right now that J.R. Smith signed with the Lakers. I mean, who name a player more likely than J.R. Smith to, to break the bubble? Um, right. so, so there's that. I mean, like LeBron is, I think LeBron will get everybody in line. Like, Hey man, like this is serious. You know, no, no funny business, you know, stay, do what you're, do what you're told, you know, keep everything in the bubble, have fun. Uh, we've joked about, you know, um, amenities, maybe females uh, to, to come. I mean, <laughs> yeah, these, these dudes are, these dudes are, young millionaires are, are we to believe yeah. that for for three months they're not gonna want to have fun and go out and talk to girls oh my like God, yeah just seems like no way yeah. yeah look at i mean look around the world right now in the, in the country you see all these lower 20 people just hanging out at the beach just like i live in arizona people are still packed in the bars just like doing their things they're young and they want to have fun and i get that and so yeah like you said the, the money factor too but yeah, they really got to just buckle down. So um, it's going to be crazy uh, how, how everyone, like, oh, the, the first guy, like, there's going to be someone who tests positive in this, I feel like. So it's just a matter of, like, how many other people get affected by it. And then, again, uh, that's, like, a mat, like, if, like, if, I don't, how, like, from a betting standpoint, do you, like, approach it differently if you're, like, oh, LeBron could get it or Giannis? Well, from, from, really from, a, from a, a betting standpoint, and this is because we we've been talking about this for baseball. Is you you bet underdogs, you yeah, you yep. take advantage of the chaos sort of 
as much as would even be possible. And you, you know, guys who teams who are talented, but you know, like, like I think the Celtics and the Rockets are really good examples of if something happens to LeBron, if something happens to Kawhi, if something happens to Giannis, these are the teams that are most likely to benefit. You know, I I think that's pretty obvious. I had the same takeaway. Yeah. You do not feel as great about the favorites uh, with this whole thing going in. But, um, and then also I, I mentioned this on my pod last week too, like in the tied into this. So like teams aren't going to be ready to go, you know, they're obviously not going to be in an optimal position to win games or play whatever they want to do. We'll talk about that a little bit, but like, and I mentioned, do you possibly tank to play the Lakers earlier or, you know, the Clippers earlier, if that's, you know, you'd maybe rather play them before they're kind of humming and they have their chemistry back and all that. So is that like a viable strategy? Um, Well, I think what's interesting is, some of these teams that are here are going to be treating this like preseason, right? And some of these teams are immediately going to go into eight-man playoff rotation, like let's figure it out and get it done now. And, and I think that really early on, you know, over these first two weeks or whatever for DFS, figuring out which teams go to those tighter rotations and which mm-hmm. teams are playing preseason rotations, it's going to be extremely important to figure that out. And it's going to be a huge edge to figure that out before yeah. other people get there. Absolutely. Um, just a couple things I wanted to add on the schedule stuff. So it's like a DFS dream, man. 1230 to nine, it ranges the start times. You know, we're talking, um, it's mostly six games. So there's uh, seven six-game slates, three seven-game slates, uh, five games or three days, four games or two days, basically at the last two of the last three days, and then just a two-game opener. So, I mean, I've said for a long time since I've, Realize DFS is awesome. Um, six and seven games are like my favorite slates. So yeah, just like it's Christmas like every day. It's so awesome. So there is this really interesting wrinkle, and I have not heard anyone bring this up yet. Though to be fair, I am I have not been you know grinding the basketball pods and stuff as hard as uh, as I do when the season is going full bore. But what do we think the injury reporting is going to be like yeah. from inside the bubble? Because I I assume that beat writers are not in the bubble, right? Like, you know, like the, they, uh, they're not right. Or are Yeah. They? I've actually been talking to a lot of people who cover teams, uh, hashtag sources and uh, they don't want to go. So like, yeah, I thought, why would you want to? Yeah, exactly. Like even people, even I, I talked to people who don't even have families. Um, they still don't want to go, you know, it's just like no one wants to go. So it's going to be so undercovered. Um, whereas, I mean, my Twitter list I use has like 250 people that are like newsbreakers. Like it's going to be, I mean, that's, that's, that's the whole thing I'm just waiting on right now is like, how are their coach conferences? Cause like the Hornets, a couple teams do the pressers and they'll basically live stream it. So I think that has to be a thing, um, where like every team is live streaming press conferences and it's just going to be one reporter per team. Are there even going to be? Uh, is it even going to be that much? Uh, is there going to be like two or three kind of bubble wide? Um, like the big companies, like the athletic who have, you know, multiple Lakers, they have a ton of people covering that team. Um, like they're going to have fewer guys, um, you know, all the, the AP guys and all those guys are going to be way down. So like, besides that we have, and I mentioned this too last week, like the NBA injury report, the official one comes out at one thirty, five thirty, and eight thirty. With games starting at twelve thirty, obviously you're going to have to move that up. Are they going to be more frequent? Are they going to have uh, fewer? Are they going to have 
you know, um, bigger notice on when you're going to DMP rest guys? Is there, that going to have to be spelled out? Like, oh, hey, we're planning to rest Kawhi in eight days or, you know, like they're going to rest them. Each team gets a back-to-back, by the way. So some people are going to sit out there. So is that part of it? Are they going to be more open on outlining guys are going to sit? And like, I hope they don't just go probable tag festivals. And like, I don't know, there's just so many unknowns on how we're gonna, this is going to be covered. But the big takeaway right now is like the amount of information or the, the sources of information are going to be way down. So um, that's something we have to think about too. So I wonder if the NBA, because, you know, they are trying to be this fantasy forward, this betting forward league. I'm wondering if one of the things they negotiate with the teams is you got to have your injury reports out at noon, the day mm-hmm. of your games or, or, or an earlier, hour man. before your games. Yeah. Earlier. Yeah. I, so I was kind of thinking when would be the optimal times that they wanted to go, you know, three a day, which I think they're going to probably have to drop to two. Um, just because it's more spread out, basically like, you know, beginning of the day and then middle of the day. I guess they could still do three. But I think that first report has to come out at like eight in the morning, um, maybe even earlier, and then a nighttime one too. So people who are on the West Coast or whatever, you know, they kind of can have stuff figured out. But, yeah, that ha- that's going to be huge. And as I've said before, the if we're not getting as many reports from the reporters, that injury report is going to carry more value because things aren't going to be reported as much. Whereas like you see the injury report in more than half the time we already knew it to begin with. So yeah, this, this whole like figuring out an edge on that aspect, like our, you know, beat writers who aren't there going to say, Hey, I've heard this about this guy not playing. Is that how it's going to be? So we're going to have to be more adept at reading. And I read pretty much everything anyways, but like, is like reading the, stuff behind the paywall is that more valuable now like there's so many things that are going to be different as how we use news and how it makes our lineups better do you think that like is is shams going is Woj going or either those dudes trying to bubble up because those yeah i mean whoever if there is a beat reporter you know if the athletics sends someone um nba.com sends one like those dudes might end up being the reporters for every team, right. you know, co- yep. covering the beat. If there's five reporters who go in and I, you know, I hope they, I hope they get paid. Yeah, uh, for you know, I sure. Hope they are, I hope they are compensated fairly. Yeah, for I actually had considered, I mean, I'm obviously scared of, I'm a freak out about it, but I think for the experience, I think it would be worth it almost, but um, yeah, it's going to be crazy how that comes out. But um, yeah, it's, I'm, I would bet. And like, do teams them because teams have all those social media people. Are they basically going to get more responsibilities now? I know people who work for NBA teams as social. They don't really want to go either. So it's just insane. No one wants to go to this thing, um, which I mean, obviously makes sense. But um, I mean, I wouldn't go. Yeah. If, yeah. if I was, if I was some you know minor associate of a team, no way yeah. would I go. Right? Yeah, no, but no I mean, chance. it would be they'd have to pay you a lot more, you know. But I, I don't know if they're – I mean, do they just try to cut that out? Like, if there's – if they're, like, say what? Maybe if the reporters are, like, what, 10 of them? Are they going to be able to, you know, provide enough info for 22 teams? I don't know. That, that's just that's – that's really the next big question um, that we have to get with the schedule, too. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how, how it comes out. It's just there's so many different things they have to address on this whole situation. Like late scratches, man. Like what happens? Like, do you get penalized for that? Like, I don't like, and then also too, like, does, 
DK make late swapping like the standard now? Because games uh, are going to be, you know, seven. I mean, hours FanDuel, away. FanDuel won't bring it back. They won't. So maybe yeah. I think that I think that um, D, the games on DK are just going to be like better. Like like yeah. FanDuel will just not have contests as big. Yeah, and do you, like is that another advantage too? Because do you play earlier games because you feel more comfortable with avoiding late scratches rather than a game that's you know slate starting, it's seven hours away. Like things can happen. Does that that probably is also another lineup factor you have to think about, especially in like a cash. Yeah, for sure. There's gonna yeah. be and and we'll get we'll get a better sense of it after a couple of days, but yeah. the first couple of days of it really is gonna be kind of like the Wild West. So getting for into sure. some of these actual games, who wins out? The Pelicans or the Grizzlies? So I think there's gonna be a playing game. Um, I think the, the, the Pelicans are, I'm, I'm Mr. Pelicans. Um, they're just out. They smoked the Grizzlies in two games. Jaron Jackson didn't play in one. Zion also didn't play in one either. Drew beat the brakes off John Morant in those two games. Um, so if they, if they come to that, they play each other one time too, but, um, the Pelicans are playing pretty well. And believe it or not, one of the best lineups in the NBA is Drew Lonzo, Ingram, Zion, and favors at plus 23.0 plus 23. I'm sorry, plus 26.3 um, net rating in 230 minutes. That's why I stumbled my numbers. But um, that's the second best lineup in the NBA of the 91 lineups with 100 minutes. The number one is the Schroeder OKC lineup. So they're playing really well. Lonzo was on fire uh, before we hit the pause button. He was 21, 8, and 8, 2.2 steals on 69 true shooting, 21 usage rate. So, I mean, the Pelicans were really starting to play well. Zion was kind of rounding into form. Uh, even Favors was kind of starting to get healthy, playing well, protecting the paint a little bit better. Um, Brandon Ingram still was pr- uh, playing pretty well. So, I mean, the Pelicans, um, th- they won't beat the Lakers, but I think they won't get swept. Uh, I think I've always, again, maybe a little bit biased because I love the Pelicans so much. But, um, yeah, we have some – the Grizzlies on the flip side of that too – they're going to be better. You know, they'll have Brandon Clark back. They'll have Jaron Jackson back. Justice Winslow uh, should be out there, possibly starting. Uh, I I don't think they would want to pull DeAnthony Melton out of the first unit, um, but maybe that's an option. Um, and then they also have, um, you know, the, do they take Kyle Anderson out of the rotation to play Justice Winslow? So the whole, like, Justice Winslow factor is intriguing to me, uh, especially with John Moran, who was playing a little bit better, too, later in the year too, as well. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Pelicans are going to – and they also – the NBA, of course, um, is, there's been rumors that they're basically expanding this because they want the Pelicans in here. Um, and uh, Jacob Goldstein from uh, – I forget what say rates for – wins at it, I believe. Um, he has the Pelicans with the easiest remaining schedule uh, based on strength of schedule, which is not surprising. Um, so, yeah, they it, – it's pretty funny um, that the, the NBA wants the Pelicans in there. And uh, so do I. I mean, the Pelicans are such a fun brand of basketball. I mean, that's just good branding, right? It's good branding to have the Pelicans on the TV for an extra two weeks. You know, they have Zion, they have Lonzo, um, they have Brandon Ingram, like a lot of guys with a lot of guys with high Q scores already on that team, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, good basketball. And those, those two teams play each other on August 3rd, which will pretty much be, that'll be like the best game of quarantine. Yeah, that'll be one of the best ones. There are going to be so many good ones, though. Like, I, and I'm honest, I'm fascinated by all the bad teams. And I like, and even Woj just alluded to this that they're 
you know, some teams are treating it like a summer league where they're going to play guys who need minutes and so on. Like the Wizards are for sure in that mix. And like, did the did they add that playing game um, just for the Wizards? You know, it made because everyone kind of thought like, why are you the, even the Wizards basically even in there? Which they don't really have much of a chance. But yeah, that's the Wizards are are going to be all. I mean, they're one of the best DFS plays. Also, they run they play uh, terrible defense and fast too. So. Um, I'm upset. Like, what do the Suns do? How much Mikel Bridges are we gonna get? There's no Kelly Oubre. There's like so many things that we have to research um, going into this. And again, like, there's a whole new layer to it with just teams' mentality going into games. You know, like, are they like you said? Is it gonna be playoff rotation? Is it gonna be you know mixing and matching, twelve man rotations, nightmare status, um, all the stuff we have to figure out. What is, uh, what is your guess on some of the teams that are likely to go immediately into playoff rotations? In, regard, in what aspects, sorry? In, like, so in, in the eight-game regular season that we yeah. have left, you know, basically yeah. starting from opening night, we have Clips versus Lakers on the opening night. Like, do we think the Bucks, the Clips, the Lakers, the Rockets, the Celtics, do we think they're all pretty much immediately going, you know, eight, nine-man playoff rotation, or do you think that they're still going to be playing, you know, or or do we think that at the beginning those teams are still going to be using those first couple regular season games like tune-up games? So I think it depends. I think obviously the Lakers, um, they probably have the biggest question mark with Avery Bradley, who we troll all the time because he's not productive on the stat sheet, but he made a good impact for that team. Uh, and he was playing really well. He played, He was pretty healthy, too. He played his last 39 games with the Lakers. So taking him out of the equation is very interesting. Um, do you explore more of the Kuzma AD front court? Do you put Caruso in there? Yeah, I think um, Caruso, about, right? Caruso's the yeah. guy who who played or, – or Quinn Cook, too, I guess. Uh, eh, yeah, maybe a little bit. But well, J.R. Smith, too. But, um, yeah, I t- my takeaway from the Bradley thing was Caruso and Kuzma. Because uh, the Kuzma lineup without Avery Bradley with AD and LeBron is fantastic. It's like plus 26 net rating. Uh, statistically, he's garbage. Uh, as most people know, DFS, uh, when LeBron and AD are playing, Kuzma's terrible. But, um, yeah, that's something they had to figure out. Like, is it going to be a matchup thing? Because like, if they play the Pelicans in the first round, I mean, do you just play AD at the five and go that route? Because um, they're going to throw so many things at you with spreading the floor. So that's something you have to think about as well. But like teams that I think, and even the Clippers st- still like the whole Marcus Morris factor. Like, do they figure out where he's going to be in the rotation? That lineup was actually playing great, by the way. Um, the right P- Pat Beverly, PG Kawhi Morris, and Zubats um, when he started. That was one of the best lineups in the NBA as well. So, like, do you do that? Do you just start Harold because they've kind of liked Harold off the bench, but they're going to extend his minutes a little bit? Uh, what about Joakim Noah now? So I think they're going to probably try to him out some spots. So like teams that kind of knew where they were, um, like the Bucks, I think, you know, I think they'll probably go into it thinking like, okay, just make sure everyone's in shape, make sure everyone's got their shot back, basically just like practice. But these teams that have question marks, if somebody else obviously, you know, opts out, that would change things. So um, fluid rotations, um, you know, er, I'm sorry, uncertain aspects of rotations, um, may have teams approach it differently. You would think that just that just makes sense from a logical standpoint. I think one team that we are lock going to see their playoff rotation from is going to be the Houston Rockets because this is actually true. Over quarantine, they got rid of their last center on the roster, Mike. Isaiah Hartenstein was 
waived over uh, you know over the last couple months, which means they do not have one player on their roster classified as a center. Tyson so, Chandler, love, love to Tyson see it. Ch- Tyson Chandler. Oh, is he yeah. actually on the yeah. roster? Yeah, he's not going to really play. But, yeah, it's a total, yep, we're good. Bye-bye, center. We don't need you anymore. Um, which is interesting because they actually play pretty well with that lineup. And specifically, I did a, a little deep dive on Russell Westbrook a couple months ago. God, it's been a long time. <laughs> um, they've been um, – Russ, without a center, is fantastic. He has, like, a, elite efficiency. You know, he turns the ball over a lot. But shooting efficiency is way up. Um, and they've really loved that Tucker Rocco front court. And since they acquired Rocco, that lineup has been the most used lineup in the NBA, the Harden Westbrook House Rocco Tucker lineup. Uh, 164 minutes uh, since he, they acquired him. It's the most in the league. So, yeah, Harden shoots like garbage, but he's high, high usage, 34 usage rate, even with Westbrook in this time. Uh, Westbrook uh, per 36 is 29, 9, and 6. Don't forget, his minutes may go up a little bit too. So, Harden Westbrook, man. I mean, I just think they're going to be just monsters every night. It'll be interesting to see who they play in the playoffs. But, you know, they play, they also play fast. The Tucker lineup with Wes and Harden, 111 pace. It's also plus eight net rating. So, yeah, the, Roko was playing great. Um, you know, before we, we – I know uh, we talked about this a long time ago in one of the last pods we did, how much we were liking the Roko factor. So, yeah, I think the Rockets could certainly make some noise. James Harden's in shape. Um, you know, Westbrook's going to be in shape, um, just the way they play. Even Mike D'Antoni said they want to play fast. And I think that's what they're going into it, thinking like, hey, you know, let's get in better shape than everybody else. Let's make sure we're ready to go and run people out of the gym uh, as fast as we can. So the Rockets are going to be such an attractive uh, DFS play, both in the, the, the seeding games and whoever they play in the first round. And I think, I think they'll probably advance. I, th- I think the Rockets are going to be pretty good. Well, it's also massive for them because they have to hold on to their current seeding or they will have to play the Clippers early. They would yeah. have to play the Clippers in the semifinals if they were not able to hold on to their current seeding. So I think we'll see pretty much that, you know, that super used lineup, I think we'll see 38 minutes, 40 minutes a night of um, Russell Westbrook and yeah. James Harden and Rocco. Like, I, I just think they're and, – and the conditioning thing also – is massive for them right because of that that style they play and i mean like i said i don't really feel that because we used to always think that you want to play the best teams later in this in the playoffs like if you know you're going into this series or the, the the postseason in your best shape and the other team maybe not i mean do you want to play them earlier like i know i mentioned this earlier like i think that's like if it's like i think the rockets are going and knowing that so I don't think playing the Clippers first is necessarily a bad thing. Um, and then even after, you know, they've had so many, so much heartbreak, uh, it's almost better to get the heartbreak earlier. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's just this – I'm just – I can't wait for this to start. <laughs> so, like, very specifically in the case of the Clippers, I think you could argue you actually would not want to play them early because you want to give Kawhi Leonard's knee time to get banged up, right? You, because right now Kawhi should he should be feeling great. All he's been doing is working out, you know, doing doing yeah. yoga and and figuring out. You know, he, his Kawhi right now, Kawhi and Paul George, they feel as good right now as they're gonna feel. Yeah, but I mean, all that time off and not having your normal routine does that affect soft tissue? Like Jared Dudley and Pat Beverly kind of went at yeah. it on Twitter last week. So like, not being a normal routine, are your muscles in the peak shape that they should be? Are you more likely to 
mess them up, pull a muscle. This stuff we kind of don't even know. So I don't know. I think that that's kind of a, almost a wash. Whereas, like, you know, you're getting possibly a rusty Kawhi versus a possible injured Kawhi down the line. But, um, yeah, that's a Kawhi's definitely the, one of the guys you would think of first. But, um, and the Clippers, too, they were playing awesome uh, before. Um, just some, some, so I looked up some, I was trying to figure out, like, who was hot, who was cold, um, and then going into the season as well. So when the season started, remember the Pelicans were a disaster. They were 1 7. Everyone was you know, digging their grave for them. Uh, the Magic Kings and Wizards were two and six. The Thunder were three and five. The Lakers and Celtics were seven and one. And the Raptors and Nuggets were six and two. That was the start of the season. So of the last eight games, before we hit the pause button, Clippers were seven and one. Uh, Pacers, Lakers, and Thunder were six and two. And then some bad teams were the Spurs, Blazers, and Suns were three and five. Not Everybody else was in between. So, like, did the Clippers just pick up where they left off? because um, they kind of had the rotation set. We, they never really – most of the season with Paul George being banged up, you know, come the shoulder injuries earlier, then the hamstring that pulled three times, that's a factor. So, again, like all that time off, our PG's hamstring's in good shape. So all this stuff we have to kind of figure out. It's like a – it's kind of a, a mess from a betting standpoint. It's definitely a mess from <laughs> a betting standpoint. Like, <laughs> and this is, this is everything you have to consider looking at these futures markets, which, and you know what, kind of thinking about it, the Bucks don't really have these same concerns. You know, their rotation is mostly young guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess, um, you know, Brooke is, is older at center, but he probably has not minded having some time off. But, you know, Giannis is peak physicality, Chris Middleton, peak physicality. Like these guys are in the, literally in the best shape of their lives, you know, they're right at that, that prime athletic age. So, you know, maybe, maybe the Bucks should be more of a favorite considering yeah. the concerns that we could have about the Clippers health with Paul George's shoulders and Kawhi Leonard's knees. And then the Lakers just with, you know, LeBron, LeBron has his body down to such a routine every year of, you know, getting ready to play those playoff games and everything. And now he is, he is all out of sorts, right? Like, yeah. Whatever LeBron has done to get ready for the playoffs every year for the last 10 years or whatever, that's all out the window now. And then to add to your Bucks point, so one other thing I like about the Bucks that I think will help translate better with all this time off is they are fantastic at rim protection. So our teams, you know, oh, we're not shooting the ball as well. Let's get in the paint a little let's bit get, more. Let's go get to the rim, yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to really want to do that against the – I mean, you do, but you're not going to have as much success. So does that help them? Uh, and then, yeah, so I was, I talked, I think like if I had to pick somebody to win, um, which we'll talk about, like, I, I think the bucks are also kind of a low key favorite just because things are so much kind of clear where like the Avery Bradley factor, we mentioned these injuries with the Clippers, but the Clippers I think are probably on paper, you know, probably the best team I feel like to win it. Um, they're the deepest team. Yeah. Cause sure. they're depth. Yeah, exactly. They have so many things that they could just put again, adding Morris and, Pat Beverly being back, Shaman has been pretty decent if they need a guy to pinch there. So they they just they're deep everywhere they need to be. Whereas like if like so like if like okay, so hypothetically, so say, you know, Kawhi and LeBron, they play each other opening night and they get COVID nineteen, so they possibly miss the first round, like you for sure feel more comfortable the Clippers are are gonna advance versus like losing LeBron, as good as AD is. Like that's not that's like the coldest take in the world, right? That's that is such a good point. There are there are some of these teams like the Rockets. If James Harden gets uh, James Harden has to go isolate for two weeks and then he he tests and he comes out and yeah. he's fine. 
uh, like they're they're probably already done by yeah. by James Harden missing two weeks worth of games. Whereas the Clippers, I would say, even without one of Kawhi or Paul George, they would still be favored in their first round series in that that two seven matchup. Yeah, and from a statistical standpoint, Paul George without Kawhi on the floor is a monster. He's um, you know if you look at his per thirty six without Kawhi, he's ex- excessive. Like, extraordinarily great uh whereas with Kawhi is not as good uh, which was kind of the reverse with Westbrook last year or you know, um you know when the season when he was with the Thunder um he shot significantly better with Westbrook um so that's something to think about too but yeah it's it's yeah I, I, there's just so many unknowns like we feel like we know so much uh about you know especially for people who like me or whoever lives DFS and like they it's like their life like we feel like we have an idea on things and we don't yeah uh, so it's it's such foreign territory yeah i mean i i think finding insights in terms of playing time or or just overall having some sort of process day to day for DFS yeah. is obviously going to be huge and, and just embracing the variance that's going to come with yeah. all of this, right? And just, t- you know, knowing and accepting that stuff is just going to be weird is going to be a big part of it. And to that point, as like DFS players or people in, in the business, when's the right time to go to sleep? Like if you want to get your eight, seven hours in, do you try to go sleep as fast as you can when the games are over so you can wake up and start grinding I mean, it, it depends. Up a little it depends bit. on yeah. depends on why you do it, right? Some people yeah. really like to grind, and they don't care as much what they're grinding. And some people want to watch everything, right? right. Uh, I, I think a, another huge thing is just going to be people are going to be playing NBA Showdown a ton because the mm-hmm. the contests for Showdown are going to be massive. It's going to be a lot easier to play those contests than track, you know, six, five, whatever, four games or, or, mm-hmm. or like all day long and figure out your late swaps and get, you know, get on your computer and rerun your lineups and everything. Like it's just, it's just going to be one of those things where it's uh, like showdown is just going to become hugely popular on draft. Yeah, see like from, from a guy who like breathe, eats, eats, sleeps and breathes news. I like those longer slates. Like I feel like I have a little bit of an advantage because I'm reading everything and I know as much as I can. Whereas people are like, Oh yeah, he's probably going to do this. You know, I feel like that's so like, again, I think they're just like, you know, information and getting information is going to be heavily rewarded throughout this whole thing. Yeah, grinding, grinding information and being willing to, you know, be sitting at your computer and rerunning <laughs> stuff, you know, right before lineups lock. Like that, that's going to be the edge in this stuff yeah. for sure. It's just going to be yeah. uh, people who are people who are outworking everyone else in DFS are going to yep. be massive. Uh, like the the rewards there are going to be massive. For sure. Who do we think got the biggest boost? from the time off i i kind of think the answer is the rockets just because harden and westbrook got to take a breather but the answer could also be like the 76ers could be the celtics you know kemba getting all the way healthy and everything so there there are a couple answers here i think yeah i think it has to be philly just because the ben simmons thing um you know he was hurt he should be back should be good um we don't know how this package issue is going to affect him but uh, i think that's going to help i maybe you could say uh, the Pacers with Malcolm Brogdon, but I don't really, think the, I don't really buy the Pacers at all. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, they're we just said not all good along, enough, really. To yeah, we said all along the Sixers are, are potentially the guys that could make a deep run, despite having a rough. You know, they, they match up against the Bucks better than really anybody else easily. So, yeah, I think I think it's clearly them. Um, I'm trying to think who would be. Yeah, it's pretty much them. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think the return of you know Kemba's had yeah. what three months now to rest that knee. I think that's pretty big. I mean, I guess you could argue that maybe the Celtics' best lineup doesn't even have Kemba in it, which yeah. is, uh, which is you know interesting. So maybe, maybe not in that aspect. But having yeah. healthy Kemba does seem like a good. Yeah, thing Kemba's for them. Kemba's good, uh, and then also Jason Tatum, you know, March Eastern Conference Player of the Month. Uh, he was playing oh, yeah. absurdly good before we hit the pause button too. Uh, he was doing, and even I looked into that too. I did a Jason Tatum deep dive, but he's still pretty productive with Kemba. Uh, Jalen Brown also significantly better shooting splits with Kemba. So um, Jalen Brown's kind of breakout. My my president Jalen Brown, uh, his 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 breakout somewhat uh, attributed to Kemba Walker, and then also um, just quick on Jalen, he wasn't covering on ball as much. So that emphasis has shifted more to offense. So that helped him kind of take a step forward on the stat sheet as well. So uh, Daniel Feist was playing great. Um, uh, Robert Williams is also working out too. So they have depth there. Um, yeah, the Celtics are interesting to me. Like we've always said, they're kind of like a lower ceiling, higher floor team. So do you think they could get hot? Again, they started this, they started the season red hot too. So can they, you know, get going right away? Um, do they play Boston? I mean, they don't want to play the Sixers in the first round. So, you know, can they maybe – I don't think they're going to be able to catch Toronto for three games. Yeah, I don't think so. they can either. Something, yeah. something very bad would have to happen at Toronto. Yeah. yeah, the Toronto too, they're getting their big man depth back with Serge and Gasol, so that's, that helps them as well. So, um, yeah, I don't really think – yeah, they're, they're also – I mean, Toronto's fascinating to me, man, because we kind of always assumed they were going to get, you know, probably out of the first round and then they're done. Right, like that's kind of what we had assumed. Like, is my Miami was playing pretty well before too? So, yeah, there's a the East is kind of um, besides the Bucks, everything is kind of just a mess. Yeah, everything is kind of a mess. Well, everything's just kind of very up in the air in the Eastern Conference, and so I, I think uh, I think the Celtics can win. I think the Celtics yeah. can beat the Bucks in a weird way. They also have playoff experience despite being a really young team. I think being a really young team is an advantage during all of this with everyone of having time off. I think, I guess maybe what if the, what if the reverse argument is you actually want a team full of a bunch of old vets who like uh-huh. aren't feeling the need to, uh, you know, go out at night doing risky <laughs> nice. behaviors. Like they're like way less likely to get COVID cause they're just, you know, up in their room watching Netflix when they're, uh, when they're not at practice. Yeah, That's a good point too. Um, yeah, that never really, it's kind of again. There's just so many layers to this. So but, many uh, layers. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I like again. Like leadership too. Like these guys who like LeBron. We said earlier. You know, um, they have to be all on the same page. And you know, one person breaking it could ruin it for everybody. So that's something to think of too. But yeah, I mean, I don't. The rap just to the Raptors. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how. I like if we had to pick. Like, and also also side note, the Bucks are obviously rooting for the Pacers because I mean, if the Sixers land in that sixth spot, that's yeah. like. That's jackpot. If you want to play, well, yeah. I mean, should should the 76ers tank out to get to six so yeah. that they can avoid the Bucks until the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, yeah, I, I think, think that sounds seems like yes. Yeah, I think so too. Um, like I said earlier, you want to play tougher teams earlier, maybe, but in this instance, like for sure. Um, and then also, yeah, you don't the the Bucks also they they don't really have anything to say, but um, yeah, I, I don't really see. I mean, obviously, again, who, who would be like the second threat? To the Bucks. Besides, I mean, would it be the Raptors or the Celtics? I guess it would be the Heat. I, I, to me, I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Heat yet, but to yeah. me, it's the Celtics. I mean, I think okay. I think the Celtics are so good. If uh, the Celtics are, the Celtics are very very good. 
And if, if Jason Tatum has, you know, continues to take this leap, they are amazing. Yeah. But I'll, I'll add on the Kemba stuff. He, his, when he was sitting out, what, six of the last 10 games, I believe it was, it was wear and tear, man. And this guy's had multiple surgeries on this knee. So all this time off, I don't, I just don't feel entirely, I love Kemba, but I don't feel entirely comfortable with him all this time off. So I would probably, I might say they're a little bit of a loser. Obviously they have depth, smart, and, Everybody, they could kind of switch around with their kind of core six-ish guys, uh, excluding the center. So um, that's something I'm a little bit nervous about. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's appropriate to be nervous about Kemba's knee. I think it's appropriate to be. Oh well, do we do we think that Joel Embiid's health is going to be like a non-issue? You know, do you think he'll be able to be pretty much ready to play full minutes because he just got all this time off to rest? I think so. I mean, he's talked about how rest helps him, so he's going to probably be limited in his eight games, assuming he's in shape, which, I mean, there's nothing to, to think that he wouldn't be. But, yeah, I think he's probably maybe a mild winner because he's a nah, – he's hey, he has he has injuries. You know, he doesn't have these wear and tear things like Kemba does. Right. So, like, with, like him and Kawhi are kind of similar in that elk. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that um, Embiid's a little bit of a winner too. And just a quick side note, um, don't forget uh, a player that really broke out while Ben Simmons was down was Shake Milton. Yeah. So how does he fit into this? Do you dial back Al Horford a little bit and give Shake some more time? Um, there really isn't a lot of time of Shake and Ben Simmons and Embiid and, and Tobias. It's like I think uh, ninety minutes or something, uh, and that lineup was trash. Uh, I forget what the net rating was, but it was really bad. So like that's a factor too. So um, the whole like Ben Simmons coming back and they realize that like okay, Shake Milton is more valuable than Matisse Thybul and freaking Korkmaz and all that. So I think figuring that out and how they can use that information uh, will be hugely helpful for them because Shake's Shake's such a baller. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that uh, that that Shake is a baller. I I like Thibel. Maybe maybe Thibel has just been in the gym working on his jump shot. You know, doing nothing but shooting jumpers for the last uh, for the last two months. He's on TikTok now too, so he's hopefully the TikTok hasn't messed up his hoops game. Oh, TikTok, man, it's not good. Literally, literally, if you have if you have TikTok on your phone, go delete it right now. It only exists to harvest your data. It's well, it's didn't bad. they? Have, yeah, I don't. Oh, I wouldn't have TikTok. But didn't didn't they? Weren't they somewhat responsible for the the like? That messing up the Tulsa stuff. Uh, yes, yes, they were so a bunch of a bunch of a bunch of kids, a bunch of kids fake registered yeah. for. Uh, shouts to K- shouts to any K-pop fans. Yeah, shouts to the K-pop to fans. <laughs> All right, very very important question: Who wins? Who wins, Mike? Who wins uh, the 2020 non asterisk NBA championship? <laughs> nice. Uh, I still think it's the Clippers, man. I've said it. Drew, Drew and I have said it all the way from the jump. They're playing great. Uh, I believe in them. Losing Avery Bradley is something to me. Um, I think they have what it takes to beat the Bucks if they get to the finals. Um, they're just, they're just, the depth is huge for them. So um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Clippers, Bucks, and let's, let's go seven. Let's, let's get a October 13th game seven, which will give us like a one week off season. All right. I'm going. I'm gonna go a different direction. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get weird. I'm gonna go nice. Lakers, Celtics. Uh, just, just oh, assuming nice. at some point one big player who's absolutely necessary to their team success is gonna have to miss two weeks with a positive test. I don't know who it is. I'm not. I'm not pointing finger. Not pointing fingers. I'm not naming names. 
but so at some point, an important player is going to test positive. It's just going to be ready for it now because it's going to happen. We need the sports almanac to, to find out in the future who this player is going to be for sure. Yep. Um, all right, Mike, what do you guys have going on over at Roto World right now? Not much, man. Just chilling, uh, watching news and figuring out what we're going to do. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait. I just, I want to start tomorrow. This, this next month is going to be very, 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 very long, but I'm looking, I'm pretty much just spending time being as prepared as I can for, you know, going down the flow chart and figuring out what happens when guys sit. So just having that in your, your mental capacity and just being really on the fly with it is going to be super, super valuable. I mean, there's so many things we kind of forgot. So just being back to being in game shape uh, as a, someone who covers basketball is something I, I'm trying to work yeah, on. Yeah. You got it. You got to get ready to get those reps in, dude. Get those, <laughs> right. get those reps in, get the, get the blurbing fingers ready. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, thank you very much for listening. Uh, get ready. Get hyped for the NBA playoffs. Follow Mike on Twitter. Uh, read all his work over on Roto World, and we will chat with you guys soon. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.